This is a mini-episode of the Wistful Thinking Podcast. Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. Recent news about the sexual predation of Hollywood heavyweight Harvey Weinstein and other men in film, TV, and media got Jordan and I talking about what it means for us as fans. We didn't have much time to get into it, so this conversation is lacking in the depth and nuance that serious issues like sexual violence and sexual harassment deserve, but we felt like we needed to at least address it after the past week or month or year or like, I don't know, the whole history of film and television. As we touch on in this mini episode, this news is hardly news to us, but it is surprising to see so many people actually caring about it now. We hope that with that, these things will start to change. Even though we mostly talk about the harassment and assault of women in the workforce in this episode, this is not something that only happens to women. Sexual violence and harassment can happen to anyone, anywhere, at any time. If you or a loved one is experiencing or recovering from sexual violence or abuse, you can call the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline at 800-656-4673 or visit RAIN online for resources. Their website is RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N.org. We'll be back later this week with our regularly scheduled episode of Wistful Thinking. But in the meantime, Jordan starts us off with some not-so-wistful thinking about Harvey Weinstein. Um, I feel like the thing that's interesting for us to talk about is, like, where do we now, as media consumers, draw the line? Like, obviously, we can we can say, okay, from now on, I won't watch things that has this person in it, or... You know, if this person had something to do with it, I won't watch it. And, you know, I'll try to, you know, be, choose my media more wisely. But mm-hmm. if you look at how many people are coming out and saying that something shitty has happened to them. Um, I mean, you would never watch a movie well, again. Well, exactly. And so what are we supposed to do? Just never watch anything? Just, like, completely disregard the whole industry because it's built on grossness? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just, it's so frustrating because obviously Weinstein is just the the very tippy top of a very disgusting iceberg. Mm -hmm. Um, And the thing that like just fills me with rage and makes me want to turn into a dragon is that like throughout the entire history of film and television and vaudeville before that and, you know throughout history like women are treated so poorly so unbelievably poorly and they have to put up with this stuff and stay quiet about it if they want to you know keep working in this town but like for the worst roles like women in film are just set pieces or props or you know they're just there to move the story forward and they're not so often they're not these fully fleshed out characters and just makes me so mad that they have to put up with this bullshit for these parts yeah you know it would be one thing if they got to play like really juicy good parts that were you know whatever like this kind of behavior is never appropriate it's especially not appropriate in a professional setting and it's like that much worse that it's happening in a professional setting and then that the women have to put up with it for these garbage 
parts. Right, just to be like the token girl in something. Mm-hmm. And they have to be skinny, and they have to be, they have to be certain things. Otherwise, they're not even considered for it. Right. And then, well, two things I want to say. Have you listened to You Must mm-hmm. Remember This? Oh, of course. Yeah. Love that so, show. So, listening to that, I really thought about for the first time is like, there's like a whole... I mean, every generation of women before ours, really, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. in in the context of Hollywood, there's, like, a whole generation of women that just got, like, destroyed, controlled, and then destroyed, and mm-hmm. they died young, and they were alcoholics, and they destroyed their bodies, and they destroyed their lives for this, and were made to feel mm-hmm. like garbage the whole time, and, like, yeah. that, you know, that also just made me think about, like, well, that's just how most women were treated at that time. And, like, you hear of all these women, like, going crazy. And it's like, well, no wonder. Like, they literally weren't allowed to be humans, you know? Yeah. And so, like, how much have we lost as... How much has the world lost because of that? Because you only allowed 50% of your population to do anything. Mm-hmm. And to to tell stories, too, Mm -hmm. because we know that, you know, by the numbers, as far as films written by, directed by, produced by, it like, you know, it's men by an extreme majority. So 50% of of stories are just not even being told. And yet we're going to do this reboot thing over and over and over again and keep telling the same stories when... You know, and it's not just women, people of color, disabled people, like, you know, there is just a treasure trove of stories to be told because we've only been making white guy movies for the entire history of film. Yeah, and that's the other thing I want to touch on is, like, more so than any other generation, like, starting with ours, like, we grew up with TV as our babysitter, you know, Mm -hmm. like, that was how we learned about the world maybe not everybody like not everybody grew up that way but I did and a lot of people that I know did um like that's how I learned about like the world and what the world was supposed to be and like what I was supposed to be and like I I feel like I always like obviously when you watch it you know something's missing but like it wasn't until like pretty recently when like more and more and more people started to talk about it more that I was like I actually can't even watch certain things anymore there's actually a lot of things that I can't watch anymore and that's never happened to me before off the top of your head like is there anything in particular I don't care about hero white guy movies like at all (laughs) I also don't care about (laughs) anti-hero white guy movies either at this point because yeah. that has just also been like done any death. movie that's just like a story about one or several white guys doing a thing. Like I literally just don't care. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean by that. Like including all those dumb superhero movies. I don't care. Yeah, of course, but even things like The Big Short and yeah, like that that string of movies starring like the same five white guys yeah you know that I'm just like do these even have different plots I I I can't even like tease them out from each other in my head yeah and it's like they might be good movies like I I saw that I saw the big short just because it's the one you brought up I saw that Mm -hmm. and I did like that movie um but like also like 
who cares? Like, I just, you know, <laughs> like, how many stories about the finance industry can we really tell when like, you know, if we're, because it was like that it was the Wolf of Wall Street and a few others that like all came out right around the same time. Well, and doesn't that also illustrate like who fucked all this shit up? <laughs> right. A bunch of white yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would be interested in seeing maybe films told from other like perspectives of other characters mm-hmm. in those movies. Sure. You know, like for instance, the women characters, because their stories are probably a lot more interesting and a lot more, um, well, horrible, probably. And yeah. I, I mean, not that the stories are bad, but like the stories of like what they had to put up with are horrible. Yeah. Because it's not just film. It's not just television. It's not just media. Men like Harvey Weinstein and all of the other guys that have, you know, oh, come to that- the fore recently in media, um, they're, they're not... They're in every industry, every single industry. Well, that brings up something really interesting, which I forgot that we had in common, which is that we used to both work for the same person. You forgot about that? I, I didn't really forget <laughs> about it, but like, it, I didn't, I don't try to, I don't think about that a lot because, yeah. bec- because I, I was never harassed there by, mm-hmm. by that person. But, but there were some uncomfortable situations. It was an environment that is exactly yeah. what we are talking about. I always felt mm-hmm. safe, but that doesn't mean I didn't feel uncomfortable. And so at a certain point, when I worked there, I started to make a list of of things that were said that made me really uncomfortable because I thought, I don't know, I might need this one day. <laughs> and so yeah. in the last like week, I actually went back and I looked at it and I was like, ugh, ugh. I have a really sick feeling in my stomach just hearing you say, like, hearing you talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was disgusting. And, like, like that's, like, but part of the reason why I couldn't stand to work in the media industry anymore was because of things like that. It was, like, because it was just so clear to me that so much of it is just built on this, like, white guy power (laughs) and the exploitation of not just not just women but like people who want something and people who will because the media like the media industry is a place where like people will do whatever it takes to get whatever they want out of it you know they Mm want to be a producer they want to whatever you know it's like it's a power it's a power industry right Um, as most industries are (laughs) yeah and it was just, it felt gross. Like, even when I was working on, in work environments that were more professional and, you know, didn't feel icky, it just, like, never felt right. The whole system mm-hmm. just seems, I don't know, I couldn't deal with it. Yeah, I couldn't either. And I also worked in the tech industry, and I couldn't deal with it there either. Um, you know, there was, like... <sighs> In te- like tech comes with its own set of weird history and architecture and power imbalances um, and the way that women in tech are treated. Because I, I think that, that in technology, um, the people who work in technology and they drink the Kool-Aid, you know, it's, it's, I think that a lot of them probably 
would say like, oh, well, we're better than the entertainment industry. You know, we're, we're saving the world over here. We're, you know, creating important things. But most and of them are smarter aren't. than them. Let's, well, yeah. We all know that's, that that's not true. <laughs> the underlying truth is that exactly. But like so much of it is around um, intellectual property mm-hmm. and intellectual prowess and the way that women are degraded in that industry and passed over and ignored and like like I said I'm sure this stuff happens in other industries too but like oh man I'm shaking just talking about it because I like I'm just so um uncomfortable and mad about all of it <laughs> well and even so like so now I work in circus and right. The, and came from gymnastics, which and is came from gymnastics, yeah. thing. Um, and the the majority of people that I know who do circus um, in my community are women. Um, but every professional circus show that I go to see is mostly men. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So even in an industry where you'd think that maybe it would be more even, it's not. Yeah, um, and there are there are obviously exceptions to that, just like there are with everything. But um, you know, in a lot of the performances you see, they still put women in pretty traditional women roles and men in mm-hmm. pretty traditional men roles. Um, and my favorite thing is when I see something that really breaks that. Um, but I honestly haven't seen a ton of it. Yeah, which is like, I mean, it makes me. You know, I'm not a small girl, um, and it's. I mean, it's you're, the same. You're pretty. You're pretty small. And well, yes, <laughs> yes, but like in my world, I'm not. Yeah. In my world. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at other people who do circus, like I'm big compared to so many of them, and that's really mm. weird. And but I felt like yeah. that my whole life anyway, because you know, I mean you we know what we see on the screens of course you know (laughs) yeah and women would always like if I talked poorly about how I saw myself physically women would always be like oh just you wait you're gonna get older and you're gonna look back at pictures of yourself now and you're gonna think what was I thinking and I'm so mad because it's 100% (laughs) true because yeah. I look back at my pictures of myself as a teenager, you know, as in my early 20s, I'm like, oh my god, what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. Well, I, and I'm finally at a place where, like, like, I have to think about my body a lot because of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finally at a place with it where I'm like, no, I'm strong and I'm awesome. And... But it took a long time to feel that way. And even when I weighed like 30 pounds less than I do, did now, I felt awful. And I look back at mm-hmm. myself and I'm like, wait, I was so skinny. Like, what yeah. did I, what was I talking about? But like, I had like friends in gymnastics growing up who would call me fat, like to my mm-hmm. face. Like, yeah. And then, and if somebody's calling you fat and you never see yourself represented somewhere, yeah, like, like, you don't know any you better. just think it's, it's like, true. <laughs> I must be fat then. Yeah, like, even if you yeah. know, like, logically that that's not true, you, like, you're like, well, this must be how people see me. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, the you're you're looking in a funhouse mirror. Mm-hmm. The, the culture itself is, like, this insane funhouse mirror. Um, 
So I know that we don't have much time left. So I just want to bring it back around to kind of the question that you posed at the beginning, like, what are we supposed to do? Just like never watch anything again, um, which is like not obviously for people who started working in this stuff because we love this stuff and are doing a podcast because we love this stuff. Like that's not a solution. Um, the Cage Club Podcast Network was going to do a Ben Affleck uh, show and then decided against it after some allegations came out about him. Uh, some older, very horrendous allegations against Ben Affleck's brother have been around for quite a while. So, like, apparently they come from a family of shitheads. I had but, a hard, um, I had a hard time because, like, Casey Affleck in particular makes movies that I want to see. Yeah, and that's like, what do I? I mean, what do I do? <laughs> Right. I mean, and, and so many of like my favorite movies are made by people who are, you know, like Rosemary's Baby made by Roman yeah. Polanski, who yeah. had to flee the country and has never set foot back in the United States because he drugged and raped a teenager. Like Woody Allen. Oh, my God. You know, like this is it's endemic to the entire system. And, and so like Joey was saying, you know, you have to separate the art from the artist and yada, yada, yada. And to a certain extent, that is true. And it's true, you know, in the art world and it's true in film and whatever. But like, what, at what point do we say no? Like, well, right, exactly. that's not like, good enough anymore. With with artists or with any humans, like, yes, humans are flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to separate for the art from the artist or, you know, if you have to separate the person from the politician, like with our public figures, like where do you draw the line then? And I guess mm-hmm. maybe the line is just different for everybody. Yeah. It's like what they are and are not willing to put up with. But if we all drew our line, if we all drew a hard line at like, no, we won't support somebody who even puts down women you know like yeah like how fast would things change if we all really drew a hard line there right because nobody would be making any money anymore you know <laughs> and so they would have to change yeah i don't know i because yeah i mean it's not it's not limited just to sexual assault and sexual harassment it is extends into i mean i think about somebody like david or russell who is like notoriously abusive to his actresses on set. There was that mm-hmm. video of him screaming at Lily Tomlin during the mm-hmm. filming of I Heart Huckabees. Yep. Another one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. Right? It's a, it's a great movie. movie. But like, I'm not okay with anyone being treated like that under any circumstances. And so, I mean, the question remains open-ended for me about, you know, what do we do? And at what point do we not separate the art from the artist? But like, I just am so angry and like mixed up about all of this stuff. Yeah, me too. And it honestly makes me care about all of this stuff a lot less. Yeah. I don't care as much as I used to. Yeah, same. It's less interesting. It feels less important. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. fun anymore. No. <laughs> no, I mean, and yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, we were just recording our episode about the Adams Family, and I mentioned watching American Horror Story Coven, and, like, I almost didn't make it past the second, first or second episode because there's a rape scene. And, like, rape is a huge issue, and it's something that we should be talking about, but it's, 
like it's always done as a plot device and not as like and not treated as a serious issue. So like that's starting to be one of the places that I draw a line where it's like if you can't tell a story without a rape plot line, like I'm not really interested anymore. Yeah. Cuz it's exploited for the sake of a of a story so much. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I won't watch Game of Thrones. Also the dragons. I'm just not into dragons, but <laughs> I'm also really not into gratuitous rape scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad we talked about this because I just, I feel like I can't participate in this stuff without at least acknowledging it. Well, and I feel like, like every, so every time, this happened a lot with Nicolas Cage movies, Mm -hmm. I would point out the the problems with the women. (laughs) And I feel like Joey and Mike would always like make fun of me a little bit for doing mm-hmm. that like oh Jordan and her like feminist you know point of view but yeah. but that's not and not they they weren't terrible about it but they yeah. they honestly just don't see those things they don't right. see them and so when I point them out I feel like they see me a certain way because I'm like no this is like mm-hmm. what a woman sees when she watches this and they it's just so foreign to them yeah I think they do the best they can but they just don't know Mm-hmm. You know, most well, it'll be don't. interesting. Yeah, and, and I was talking to Joey earlier today about the uh, Shelley's Theron um, series that they're doing instead of Ben Affleck, and I think it'll be interesting to hear their their journey. Yeah, with that stuff on it. Yeah, I'm glad they finally um, chose a woman. Me too. It's time. I'm mad it's that time. it's not Tilda Swinton, but I'm mad that it's not Kate Blanchett. <laughs> <laughs> All great women, but, like, it will be, uh, I mean, it's kind of, because we were, or I was thinking about doing a show specifically about a woman's, a woman's career, and I settled on Sandra Bullock, and then, and actually Sandra Bullock is a bad example of this, but, like, in general, to pick a single actress and look at everything that she's ever been in would be a really degrading experience because of the way that women, even, you know, big-ticket women are treated in film in general. It would just be very depressing. Um, so I'm glad that we wound up with wistful thinking instead. Yes. But I do think that maybe looking back at some of the ways that the things were made is a new lens that we can use for some of yeah. it. Not all the time. Yeah, I can't do it all the time. It's too stressful. It is too stressful. be angry all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's how I felt like this whole past week because it it was just like this ever escalating thing about Harvey Weinstein. Well, and it like, still is escalating. Well, yeah, I got home from work on Friday evening and saw on Twitter that like Oliver Stone is kind of next on the chopping block. Good, had this go after them all. That was exactly how I felt. I had this rush of like, yes, burn it all to the ground. I mean, yeah, do it and then we'll rebuild it. It's fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> And on that note, thanks for listening to Wistful Thinking.